0: to say what normal is, it surely can't be me. No one's seen an average life in a documentary. Each player makes their choices in the show that we call life, the job we have, the pets we keep, and who will be our wife. Normal wasn't good enough for Joe, Carol, or Kevin. Misogyny's for losers. I hear Docs on number seven. Now Docs maintained his innocence. He doesn't lead a cult. A susceptible young woman can give consent as an adult. But women aren't for some folks, no matter how exotic. Old Joe finds teenage boys just a little more erotic. They come straight out of high school. They come from far and wide. They come to the GW for Joe to tan their hide. Not to be outdone by men, a female cat herder. Carol Rodham Baskin's vows, we think, can end in murder. I mean, millionaires go missing, it's not that big a deal. I just don't know how many end up a tiger's meal.
1: Well done, well done, Dan. to episode 3 of the Quarantaggers Podcast. I'm your host, Craig of the Ports, joined as always by Ty Roberts. Say hi, Ty. Meow! Meow again, third one in a row, and
0: Dan Hurt. Hey guys, I'm still just highlighting a couple things, Craig, but you go ahead.
1: Oh, thank you're <laughs> supposed to finish that before. That's why we, we start chatting 30 minutes before we open <laughs> At to least. To highlight things. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, sorry about that, guys. We're a little disorganized today. Episode three, we never believed we would get here, let's be honest. But here we are, started from the bottom, now we're three episodes in.
2: Yes.
1: Um, so yeah, welcome to everybody. This is our third episode. We're reviewing, uh, as we do every episode, one episode of the show, The Tiger King, more Murder, Mayhem, and mag- Madness from Netflix. It uh, again was released on March 20th, currently holds a Rotten Tomatoes rating of 97%, which is certified fresh. Ty Roberts, (laughs) uh, also certified fresh, if anybody was wondering.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I don't know when that expires, though. I might have to get it renewed.
0: It's really a best buy date more than fresh. (laughs) It's not bad after. It's
1: just best before. Yeah, it's better before. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, as always, we will be reviewing this entire episode. We're going to go over uh, the entire bonkers story of the episode entitled the secret um when i saw the name of the episode i assumed that this was related to uh that uh culty self-help book i think it was kind of tangent tangent you know the word i'm trying to say Mm -hmm. somebody give it to me turgid turgidly yeah i I think it was turgidly uh connected to it uh gangrenously um (laughs) No, those are all boner (laughs) words, I think. (laughs) You got a lot of growing up to do, man. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's not real? (laughs) I really thought it was. Anyway. No, it is. Okay. Uh, Tangentially. I just can't say it. I know what it is. Tangentially. uh, Related to the secret. Uh, So yeah, it might be. There was a little reference in there. Um, Anyway, before we dive into that, let's explain, uh, I guess, for uh, those who don't know yet who we are. uh, My name is Craig Laporte. I am your uh, host on this particular podcast. Uh, I know these two gentlemen uh, through various work endeavors and uh, friendship over approximately 20 years. And uh, I'll let them uh, introduce themselves now. Dan, you're up next. Oh, oh boy! All right. Well, anything, uh, Dan. I've prepared. What have notes. you never told anybody? What have you never told anybody oh. about yourself? Do it now.
0: Jesus Christ! I don't know. Uh, I have this freckle that I'm concerned about. Um, no, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what. I. I well, I. So okay. I'm. a
1: Oh boy! I didn't expect well, I this. Am,
2: my interest is gone. <laughs> I already don't care who you are.
1: You're not allowed to say anything <laughs> di- uh, the same that you said the previous episodes. So uh, I, just I
0: I'm a middle-aged man that just got into poetry, so I don't even know where that starts and ends. You know what I mean? Like wow. what does that what does that say about me? I'm worried about this, a guys.
1: It, too oh, much. Uh, Ty, uh, <clears> you're up next. Yeah, uh, huh? Do what you usually do and just professionally dodge this.
2: Um, my name is Ty Roberts. Um, I'm six foot five. I enjoy peach matcha tea and I cut my fingernails twice as often as my toenails. <laughs> is, that a, is that like a statistical fact? Like, do you, you track this? I wouldn't dig into it, but uh, it's, you know, it could be true.
1: Is that a toe jam joke? That's gross, man. i uh dig, in, oh, dig into it. Yeah, I see what you did.
2: Totally okay. unrelated to the jam. I didn't even. See, that's a mystery to you. <clears throat> Maybe it's socks related. I don't All know. All up- right.
1: So Dan, uh, Dan, Dan, Dan yeah, you gave me some yeah. brief last episode. You thought I was a little too uh, uh, droning oh. or, or maybe a, a, with specifically when it came to introducing how uh, us three jerks all know each other. So I'm going to give you the wonderful opportunity to do it your goddamn self this episode. Dan, how do we <laughs> all know each you. other? Go about it. I thought, oh, well, so we met. Oh boy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we, we met working part time while well, I was working part time. You two chumps were already, I think, bought in, weren't you? Uh, to uh, We were at an office supply company, and Craig. <laughs> um, wait, you you had multiple jobs, didn't you? You you worked yeah, as a TPT. Yeah, nine
1: jobs, at- man. <laughs> Trailer <trying to> park <laughs> trash at uh, yeah. Craig, uh, uh, don't help a him. Let him
2: figure it out himself.
1: Yeah, you know what? This is you, Dan. Do better. All
0: right. Well, so my feedback straight. for the record, my feedback didn't I don't remember it having to do with
1: your intros, but um we You did it we, during the episode. I'm not even talking about the critique you gave me afterward. Oh. Well, we'll get into that later, I hope. (laughs) Yeah, we all worked at
0: an office supply company for a while, and we goofed around, and we found each other obnoxious and humorous, and uh, that's pretty much the uh, beginning of the end, or the end of the beginning, or both.
2: Uh, We made a video. uh, uh, It's available on DVD, uh, Store 2000. Uh, You can get it on Amazon.
0: Yeah, Store 2000 was a follow-up to the wildly successful Code 81. Yes, it was.
1: Yeah, store <clears throat> 2000 shortcut to excellence. I think Ooh, was the there it is. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: with the Hernandez Hernandez clan. But um yeah, that was a, so yeah, we we've we've collaborated creatively in the past and it's um usually with a captive audience. So this is an opt-in thing, which is very different for us, you know. I don't think we're really used yeah. to that. Uh but that's, you know, that's one of the reasons why we have the the feedback opportunity that is the Quarantigers Tigers at gmail.com. You know, we
2: were oh, encouraging listeners to engage with us. Now he's settling into a groove. That was a good segue. <laughs> yeah.
1: One thing that not everybody knows about uh, Daniel Hurt is that mm-hmm. uh, he hosts several podcasts. He is mm-hmm. uh, a professional, he's actually paid to do this. And we did receive as Dan so expertly transitioned us to uh, our first listener email that wasn't some sort of automatic Google notification. Uh, we've got a few I of those wait. before. Hot dog. Oh, man, yeah, I didn't read this uh, to any of you guys. This is, this is some feedback uh, targeted directly at uh, Ty Roberts. Um, it's from an old uh, coworker of the three of ours, uh, one Giselle Marchand. It uh, says, hey, guys. Oh. yeah, She's not that old. <laughs>
2: oh man, it's kind of rude, Craig. But whatever.
1: It's not what he. It's not what he said off air, Ty. G. Um, G says, uh, "Hey guys, my whole takeaway from episode two is really Ty sister wives." <laughs> oh
2: God, she is such a Robin. Of course, she would say she-
1: that. <laughs> she says what? what? <laughs> I don't get that. Or did you just, did you just reply to her, uh, respond to her criticism with a sister wife? That's right? That's I think right. that's what I happened. I sure did.
2: <laughs> <laughs> which sister wife are you, Robin? That's such a Robin email move. Well, let's, Whatever, let's save the
1: explanation for the, for the sister wife's uh, Corn Tigers <laughs> podcast. Yeah, uh, Corn yeah. wives. I don't know. We're workshopping a title for that one, I think. Uh, she says, we can't wait for your critique <clears throat> of episode three. And she signed it as G, which I assume mm. is Giselle. Classic Um, G. I've never really been clear on that. Yeah. She might just be like (laughs) a gangster. I don't know. She's. You think it's OBO silent? She's an OG?
0: Possibly.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It is nice to hear from her. It is. Even though it was making fun of me. Interesting. Now, I'm
0: not saying that one should rank their favorite managers. I'm not
2: saying that. But if they had to, she would do well. Yeah. In that company, for me, she's at least, she's top 10 for sure. Top?
1: Yeah, she's top (laughs) 10. There's only Jesus three per Christ. location. Uh,
2: time. <laughs>
0: Are you including yourself in that? Are we three right oh, uh, <laughs> duh.
2: Uh, was I a manager? Yes, I was. Was I the best? Oh yes, Jesus. I was. He
1: is such a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. mm. Ty knows who's really managing. He knows what's going on. Well, I That's hope,
0: right. Giselle, you're enjoying the um, podcast just a, a fraction as much as this show
1: uh, keeps you entertained. Because, wow, uh, this is a ridiculous program. Agreed. Totally agreed. Um, so let's move on. Uh, one thing we did last episode that I'm just going to throw out quickly. I don't have anything specific in mind myself, but you both have the option to pass on this. Uh, do we have any episode two notes and omissions, anything that you guys wanted to go over that maybe we, uh, just in the, in the flow of conversation, maybe, uh, passed over or, uh, didn't address at uh, the level that you wanted to. And I think this section was going to be called the escalators. I think
0: something yeah, along those lines. It was going
1: lines. to, but it didn't make any sense at all. It doesn't. <clears throat> so, uh, I, it, I the later
0: is the only thing. Okay. Uh, uh, the, okay.
1: The you eschew- could have said it last laters. time, or I could ask you later.
0: Yes. So there was a couple things yeah, that yeah. I was going to ask you later. Um, the, uh, I think there was only uh, one thing that I want to keep an eye on now. This this is only a reminder to to be like here is a thing, uh, and it's the badges the the potentially dollar store badges that the GW Zoo gang wear. Uh, Because I've seen them now on, I think actually in this episode, I saw it on a badge uh, or on the, it was a vest that was like draped over the back of Joe's chair and he was leaning forward and the vest got exposed and I could see there was another plastic like, police badge on that so I, I don't know i'm just this is this is the thing just keep an eye out for it that's
2: all i saw a okay. miniature one uh on one of his chokers
1: <laughs> it was a charm was it a police charm it looked police like it was charm, part of the man. button <laughs> the police charms are usually only prevalent in san francisco from what i understand <laughs> a lot of charms no that's so all Dan, i got was that for your the only, uh, your only that's the only thing for uh, esculator yeah for the, es- the escalator section I really yeah, like right. the name, and I'm sorry that I missed the boat on that one. Ask you later. I'm writing it down right now to make sure that gets included next time. Ty Roberts, do you have anything you want to uh, escalate?
2: No, I accidentally <laughs> got on the elevator. I'm
1: fine, thank you. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> Hope somebody pushed all the if buttons. If the escalator is broken, it just becomes <laughs> stairs. Sorry mm-hmm. for the convenience, right?
2: Hmm. <laughs> uh, Mitch Hedberg. Mitch Hedberg, Mitch Hedberg
1: nailed it. R.I.P. Mitch Hedberg. I manage to R.I.P. somebody every episode. I specifically shoehorn <laughs> that fun. one in. Not who lie. will be
2: next? Write in your suggestions <laughs> at thecoreintactors <laughs> <quarters> at gmail.com
1: <laughs> Have anybody who need an R.I.P. too?
2: Uh, we'll add a section <laughs> at the end. Someone dead who hasn't been memorialized? <laughs> do you think the G
0: in Dance Gmail cat. is for Giselle? Holy oh, shit. God. Is she I'm just guys I'm putting is- these ideas together lately and it's unbelievable Yeah, she's
1: got her own Gmail. That's wicked, man. It's true. I never even thought of it. Next level. Okay.
0: Start talking time about gents. the Corn
1: Tigers, yeah. We are. It's Tiger Time, Janice. Let's jump in. Episode three is called The Secrets. Again, a reading from the book of IMDb. I know you guys both love these, so I Mm make sure to include them. IMDb summarizes this particular episode as an incident in Carol's past casts her in a suspicious light. And while she maintains her innocence, Joe is all too happy to point the finger at her. Episode That's pretty. Two, uh, the, the secrets. That is a soft. Uh, that is a mild. They are playing. De- I think
0: they're burying the lead. Is what they're doing there. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. Incident. Is yeah. The opposite of turgid. Yeah. yeah. Whatever the opposite happens to be, I don't
2: know. Uh, I still. I'm not sure. I understand the point of what of these little write ups because, like, is the person writing them just stupid or are they <laughs> deliberately trying to? It's I. Oh. <laughs>
1: Well, how do you describe oh, yeah. an episode without spoiling the episode for someone who's like us, doesn't want to really know anything, but Here's you know, how there I would to have be done something it. on the screen? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I this put, is perfect.
2: Let's do it. Episode one would have been described, crazy documentary, and then every subsequent episode <laughs> would just be, it gets crazier. <laughs> yep. Crazier again. It would have been <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Episode three. Even crazier. Just says, remember last episode? even crazier. Yeah.
2: <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's how I would do it. Well, see,
0: this this actual um, episode though, I I wonder I don't think it got crazier because there's less of Doc and there's less of Joe. Like it's Carol who's her own brand of crazy. Sure. But and I mean, yeah. we didn't even talk about the poem, guys. We didn't even talk about that at all. But that's cool. Um uh, I kind of just want to leave that on
1: its own.
2: Okay. You know, it's, that was we-
1: random. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were going to talk about it for a minute. It was a beautiful hold on, poem. Hold on. So if you look down I'm at your notes it. right now, Dan, how many yeah. of your notes are more based around your poem
2: than the episode?
1: <laughs> how Well, did we
0: have joke, to have episode joke. notes? I thought.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I uh, This is all the talking you should have needed. Yeah, this no, you're right. You're right. You're right. That's how it's done in the clubs. I've become a prima donna.
0: This is what's happening. Yeah,
2: I guess so. I mean, we don't talk <laughs> about my uh, advertisements. and
1: I think we do, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we do a little bit. Uh, I think – let's try not to get too self-referential here and just uh, talking about our own stuff. Yeah, I may cut this completely. Okay, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So uh, I think one of the only times we see Doc in this episode is the opening, and uh, I love his little summary here. It's extremely – similar to the summary that he gives at the start of episode one or that we hear at the start of episode one which was i think by rick kirkham uh doc says what a story it's so wild that must not be true that's the first thing people think oh come on that can't be true it's 20 years ago cold case 20 year old murders don't get solved and you're like oh man what are we about to dive into and this basically turns into uh the prosecution of carol is almost what this entire episode is about. And uh, I loved it. What did you guys think?
2: I loved it too. I want to be – there's something I want to say before I say all the stuff we're going to say after this. Okay. Which is that based on the entirety of this episode, I want to make it clear that if I were a juror, I would be forced to vote not guilty. But everything I'm about to say – We'll make it sound like that's not the case.
0: Do you, oh, sure. would you Would you uh, wager that's because she murdered her
2: husband? Is that why? <laughs> well, I would wager that. Yes. <laughs> um, however, but, but, but the rules vote of uh, it. the lo- Exactly. Well,
0: you know, there's rules based
2: about on these the things. evidence I've seen in this sure. documentary. I cannot uh, vote to convict.
1: And to steal a line from Ty Roberts uh, previously, that's what they want you to think. Obviously, <laughs> yes, <laughs> this is exactly. this is clearly presented as uh, Carol is a murderer and the yep. most heinous person uh, in this show, which is uh, not at all where I thought we would be three episodes into this. Uh, Dan, what did you think?
0: Yeah, I I thought it was actually uh, it felt slower because there was I think proportionally less crazy because the characters that weren't as heavily involved, but. It was a it was a very very thorough picture of, regardless of actual hard evidence, the the frosty frosty bitch that is Carol Baskin, <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Like she is cold hearted, as long yeah. as well unless she can put you on a leash, and then I guess she's pretty chill with you, you know what I mean? I yeah. Uh,
2: go ahead. Um, well, a thought occurred to me at a point in this that there is probably several dead cats on her grounds that had more touching memorial services than her ex-husband.
1: Oh, they had plaques. She had a wall of <laughs> yes. plaques in episode one, I think. Yes. Yeah, good like, callback, Dan. Plaques with fo- with the three-dimensional photos. Yeah, yeah, it was like photo etched Yeah,
2: I don't think Don's got any plaques on the grounds. No, sure does. No, he sure <laughs> does. No, he He's got <laughs> a note on the fridge that says you will not say that
1: name on this in this house. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that's I mean we're I feel like we're jumping ahead a little bit yeah, to the bit. end. But I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So let's I'll save the note for the end. That's fine. Yeah. And the episode in general, I liked it. I really thought it painted a good picture, pros and cons, the evidence for and against. And it leaves I think everybody with the clear impre- impression that she killed him,
2: you know. This is simultaneously a case for her killing somebody and a backstory of her in one episode.
1: That's kind of brutal.
2: If you're her, don't you think that the the, the backstory is just trying to explain a murder? (laughs) It's not, here's more about Carol Baskin in episode one. And then later we explain why she could have murdered somebody. It's a simultaneous autobiography slash, uh, uh, prosecution case well okay hang on if you yeah. did an
0: autobiography of charles manson wait hang on you couldn't do that if you did a biography wait. of charles manson you couldn't really say okay this is this is regular charles but this is like the murderous charles which we'll talk about in a different story it's going to be a different biography we'll talk about it then this is just regular charles
1: like you
2: well, the can't, difference do you one can't is a separate convicted, convicted murderer that. I don't that
1: I'm just a convicted this is a lady who owns tigers and that's what she thought she was signing up, up for i'm sure when it was hey we're doing a netflix documentary not oh by the way you're gonna be the most hated woman in america like Hillary clinton is walking around right now going oh thank god for carol baskin <laughs> yeah
2: probably except for all the comparisons that have been drawn to her yes, yes. For, from carol baskin <laughs> it is so eerie yeah, it's it's so there was ridiculous. there was there was a line. Where was it? Hang
0: on. Ba, ba, ba. Um, she was talking about something, and I wrote "peak Hillary" because she just like. <laughs> oh, here we go. She was talking about the meat grinder. This is coming up later, of course, because we're talking about disposing the body. That the Go ahead. that being her husband, um, who just vanished into thin air, right? Oh, but she says be- she was talking about like a butcher boy meat. You know, a butcher boy meat grinder, and then well, and then that just became a whole exciting thing. And I thought, oh my god, it's like it's from the campaign. Like a di- it's like, well, you know, at the most. Yeah.
2: The reason why I think she's guilty uh-huh. is because the flippant way she describes Describes theoretical ways that she killed her husband. <laughs> I mean, I mean, at least... it's Because she's trying in the news segments to at least portray that she's like loves the guy and misses the guy. Cr- well, on in one, the, she was crying, yeah. In the documentary interviews, it's a big joke, you know? Mm-hmm. Maybe after a few years, it gets funny.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, if, no, if she's been literally grilled with this, hey, you murdered your husband, you ground him up, and like, this is... She's obviously, I think if anybody's been literally grilled for years, Lewis. years well, maybe, or he's under the septic tank or he's ground up or he's fed to a tiger. Or mm. my theory is just that the man is living happily in Costa Rica or some other country at this oh. point.
0: Halfway through the episode, I thought, well, maybe a third in, because like the sentence before they said he was planning to go to Costa Rica, I was like, you know, maybe he's in Costa Rica. And then six minutes later, I was like, fuck that. No, he's dead.
2: <laughs> yeah i agree i think he's dead i i did a little and i'm admitting i don't know anything about flying small planes but sleuthing? i did try to do some background uh googling about the logistics of flying a plane to costa rica and um the, the thing gets me on it is i don't think he's leaving the van there with the key in it yeah uh, I, I just, it just it takes too much planning it takes too much it takes supplies it takes uh stops um i i don't think he just leaves the car with the door open and the key in and then jumps in the plane and, uh, you know, commits to a freaking here's, here's marathon here's my thought. flight. Let me,
1: let me jump in here. If you are a man estimated between uh, 5 and $20 million, who uh, Kenny Farr says, Kenny Farr, uh, the rising star of the episode, no question, um, <laughs> says uh, – Don would hide money. He would bury money and gold bars. If you're mm-hmm. Don uh, Lewis and you want to disappear and you have buried cash and gold bars, are mm-hmm. you going to fly to disappear to the place that you told everybody you were going? No. And are mm. you going to pay everybody cash along the way and gold bars to say they didn't hear you? Pro- to say they didn't see or hear you or know who you are? Probably. Probably. <clears throat> I think that's, that's the most plausible. That's anyway, again, we're jumping way ahead and uh I'd like to approach this chronologically to 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 not skip as much as possible. I know we've gotta, we're kind of starting now in general terms at this point, starting right now. Love so it. we start the episode with a quote from Doc. No, I already did that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh the big th- one of the big reveals right off the bat that they hit you with is a, a quote from Mike McCarthy, he's the owner of McCarthy's Wildlife Sanctuary. He says yep. he saw Don a month before he disappeared. And it, this is one of multiple um testimonials. Uh and he's Don had told me that he felt his life was in danger. We get he felt the life was his life was in danger. We get reports of he's planning for a divorce. We've got him saying a particular line about uh uh, if I can pull this off, this will be the best thing I've ever done. Like the days slickest. before he disappears, the slickest the thing, slickest yeah, the thing. slickest thing I've ever done. Like there are multiple to me uh, flags uh, that he ran for his life, but I do think he ran. Um, I guess early on, uh, they really try to steer us, like I said, towards. Um, they do a hard sell uh, across multiple interviews and locations that this was an obvious murder before they kind of start to double back on it.
2: Yeah. Is that kind of what you guys got from how, how it was presented? There was some backtracking from murder to here's, here's what he could have done just with a little context shift. You could even take some of those quotes and some of those things he said, like, if I can pull this off, it'll be the slickest thing I ever did in my life. I think he was, I mean, that's also a man maybe hiding his assets before he uh, throws, kicks his wife to the curb, too.
0: Yeah, I, I think sure. two things can be true at once here. I mean, he could have been preparing this and have also been murdered.
2: Sure. Yeah, sure. <laughs> that's I, I, true. I mean, she definitely could have caught wind of it. I mean, uh, yeah. it's difficult to uh, plan something like that, I'm assuming, and not um, and not have her sniff it out. I mean, if things weren't going good, the writing's on the wall, right? Her diary yeah. entries indicate that uh, things weren't good. Oh well, so, I mean- we need to talk about that.
1: <laughs> go, go ahead, Dan. Lead us
2: down. that Well, path.
0: so Car- Carol's diary it comes up in a, in a couple different places. One of them is being read by Joe Exotic on Joe Exotic TV or Joe Exotic TV, um, and he reads the Carol Saga or whatever the hell he calls it. But I. Uh, at, later on in the episode, we see an actual picture of or a video of somebody flipping through Carol's diary, and it's a spiral-bound notebook with like mm-hmm. what I think of always as like girl handwriting. Like it was loopy handwriting, <laughs> loopy. but it was very clean. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it was very mm-hmm. like to me. That is something. Did you guys ever see the movie Gone Girl, or maybe possibly read the? I didn't read the book, but I know it's a book. You see the, I movie? Saw the movie? Yeah. So it's a whole, well, yeah, I don't want to spoil It's no spoiler alert for girl girl. Uh, the whole thing stars f- in the movie. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Joe exotic. Um, no, I mean, the whole movie is about a woman trying to set her husband up to appear as though he's murdered her. So she goes through all these great pains. I kind of see this diary situation as like somebody establishing an uh, alibi esque baseline. You know what I mean? Like oh, yeah. it's a piece of yeah. evidence. It's it's because it counters she
2: the it. restraining order type thing. Is what you are saying? Like
0: well, I am just saying she can she can document anything mm-hmm. she wants, and it can be fictional. But now mm-hmm. it's it's reliable. Well, it's a document that can be relied on as some level of evidence.
2: Right, because what I mean, I think that I think the reason you would do that is if she had uh, inkling that he was filing for the restraining order, and there was there were, there seemed to be conversations and paperwork. That indicated that she was nuts on his end, hmm. and um, because I was tr- racking my brain as far as how this diary would get out anywhere uh, to begin with, and I, I think yeah. you're right. I think it's because it's her counter evidence to the restraining order and whatever he was saying to his auto mechanic, his lawyer, his uh, you know, forty other people in his life that he <laughs> which was apparently a lot. Yeah, you know, We're a million. Yeah, this Yeah. Everybody, guy talks. yeah. It's amazing that included in that group of individuals who all knew Carol was um, not being looked well upon by Don anymore um, was his ex wife and two kids who Mm -hmm. were supposedly estranged.
1: I wrote down Gladys. I know Gladys is his ex-wife. I didn't I didn't write down the names of either of his kids. I got
2: them. Um, so the, the Gladys Lewis Cross is the ex-wife and Linda Sanchez and Gail Rathbone are the two daughters. Rathbone? Was that? Rathbone. All right. Gail uh, Rathbone.
1: So Dan, uh, Dan the, I just want to double back to you pointed out the uh, the reading Of uh, by Joe of Carol's Diary on uh, what in the episode uh, he refers to as Welcome to Saga Six. I remember Saga Six. Yep. And I was like, oh, is that like, is he just saying Saga Six? Uh, One thing I did was uh, I went to Joe Exotic TV and searched up and looked for Carol's Diary. And only one result came up at the top. So I clicked on it. And it was him wearing the same clothes. (laughs) um and the episode started almost the same way and that same kind of part of the segment came up but he said welcome to saga 22 and i thought that was a joke uh but now i believe that there are legitimately at least 22 of these videos uh out there of him going through her uh her diary and picking out things that are incriminating to her. The reason I bring that yeah. up is I think that's almost like a like you guys are saying that you viewed this diary as her laying tracks for her eventual alibi and her out for for various things. This diary does not seem to do her any favors. So if that's what she was trying to do, she was horrible at it.
2: No, that's good research because now you've you swayed me the other direction. If this thing is like four hundred pages, I don't believe that that's what it was either. <laughs> well, why do you say that?
0: Why? 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 Well, could I mean, that's not a, that's be-
2: a deep 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 i mean it could be if if she knew if she had an inkling years before that she should have something written down about how what a mess she's in i guess so but i don't know i don't i don't know you know
0: i i i genuinely don't trust this gal because not that it's ever oh, going to like sure. kind of become an issue personally but <laughs> you know so she she brings up and and it's it's really so here's here's kind of a sticky a sticky point that At some point, if we're we're going to address the backstory of Carol Baskin, uh, we have to address the fact of one of the first things she talks about as her childhood experiences is at the age of 14, she was raped at knife point by three guys that lived across the street from her. So this is obviously
2: something like tag, believe all women.
1: Well, how do we even go near this (laughs) thing, right? Yeah, I think that was more presented, though, to explain why she had left her home because that triggered her her breakup with her family well who were heavy christians and blamed her for it she said you're so she absolutely she right 15 and
0: guess where they all work now at big cat rescue what's that her family now, her, her still- father vernon works at big cat rescue and is seen scooting around on like a, a gator oh, yeah, that's his- a good call yeah so because that that's what I that's what it's like Well wait a goddamn second. If if he blamed her for getting raped at knife point by three dudes that lived across the street, all of a sudden she's well, I shouldn't say all of a sudden, but she seems to have like sorted all that stuff out and now it's really chill and they've come to work for her. It's and, a and,
2: gigantic and, leap from raped at knife point at fourteen by three men to my parents blamed me for it. Uh, especially when you're 14, there's there's something missing there because I don't I I I think I could take some stabs at uh, the behavior of fundamentalist Christians. This is not something like she uh, she presents it like it's a well known fact that fundamentalist Christians yeah. blame their daughter for getting raped. I haven't heard that too often. Hashtag
0: so. obvi. Uh, yeah,
2: I, exactly. It didn't seem so obvious to me when she said it. So no, it certainly wasn't the. Uh, the next step I would have taken on my own. So I'm not quite sure where she's coming from. With we that.
1: might actually be... I mean, also, though, you guys are dismissing uh, 30 <laughs> at least, probably more years afterward to potentially bridge that gap with your family? Sure. Sure. 30 years in... Jesus Christ, approxi- get a room with Carol, dude. Approximately $25 million. <laughs> I'm concerned with the
2: pro- have them having the problem with it in the first place. I just don't see why i mean you have a 14 year old daughter that's still a kid and yeah. you're gonna get yeah. mad at her for getting raped by three guys that live down the it, street it, it doesn't make sense right it like make that sense. and,
0: and it, it's possible sure it's absolutely possible but man you've got to fucking twist your head around some weird stuff to get it to that point you yeah, know i
2: think if i was a 14 year old girl my dad got mad at me for being raped he would be uh buried under the septic tank not uh my, my Yeah to use dan's
1: previous episode though i mean uh it was of the times maybe uh if you're applying yeah. today's logic no it doesn't make yep. sense but uh, we also said uh joe's dad didn't accept him as a gay because and, and you mm-hmm. know we weren't too up in arms about that because it was as we said uh, of the times maybe that was a little more of the times back then yeah knife you're point race, right, was pretty hip the back then
2: right?
1: well no it just seems not to among, me that the next not among part parents.
2: of the story it just seems to me the next part of the story was dad gets a shotgun and kills three uh Three kids down the street, not gets yeah. mad at the daughter. Yeah, guys, this right. is no, really it's, tar- it's, it's
0: weird. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm really sorry, tar- but I mean the reason I brought it up is because I don't trust hair uh, Carol's. Um, she doesn't seem to have a straight through line as far as who's on her side or what her beliefs are. Like she seems maybe too flexible along certain things Um or, sure. or maybe, maybe she's just changed as a human being. So that's terrific, you know? So maybe she's evolved. I don't know. Oh, I was just going to say, can we talk about the kind of
1: shifty looking fellow that she married at 17? Oh, I was just about oh, to get there, yeah. Dan. Look at that. We're on the same page. Oof. So Oof. Uh, Carol left her home. She married a gentleman named Michael. Uh, I only use the word gentleman here because I don't, I can't think of any other words to describe this guy. But shifting. Well, he's got a mustache. So yeah. And he is uh, her daughter Jamie's father. Uh, we hear that he's he was extremely abusive, but she couldn't leave uh, until one day she found that fateful potato, and uh, managed to get. Uh, out of the living room by throwing a potato across it's like if he was a cross did you have to throw a potato at him i don't know i wasn't there i assumed it was necessary so why would you waste a good potato uh, i don't waste potatoes like that um so she was married to this guy for a brief period of time uh, obviously because she married him when she was she met him when she was 17 but she met dawn when oh, she was 20 you. and the day that she meets dawn is one of the creepiest, strangest stories I've ever heard somebody laugh through uh, presenting. So she's walking Mm -hmm. down the street after having, uh, uh, you know, potato gate at home. And uh, she's walking (laughs) down the street crying. And Don uh, cruises past her, you know, with uh, whatever music a 42-year-old man uh, plays with his windows down to pick up broads at night. Um, And he sees this girl crying and he stops and says... Can you get into the car? He doesn't say, apparently, do you need help? He says, I need to talk. I need to talk. Girls crying walking down the street. So she's like, she says no. I guess he goes by a couple of times. The third time he says, listen, here's my gun. You can hold it on me. I just need to talk. And And so she's like, yeah, cool, bro. Let's do this. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. uh, you were, know, an hour later they were
2: banging each other in a motel Yes, it oh, doesn't God. make any sense no,
1: so, no it doesn't <laughs> he picks her up she's, she's holding a gun on them uh, he's talking she says he talked all night she never said oh by the way I just threw a potato at my husband who's been abusive and we have a daughter and whatever um, mm. none of that comes up in this particular retelling um, so they go and within a few hours they're at a hotel uh knocking boots as they say and um four years later she leaves her husband four years later
2: four fucking years yeah the timelines are do not make sense she's with her husband for a longer period of time knowing don than not knowing don
1: Mm -hmm. true post uh gun holding bang
2: night why like, is a rich guy? This guy's is, is he's rich, right? He's rich at this point in the story, too. Yeah, I think so. Why yeah. is he trolling for chicks and offering them the uh, like? Do you believe this story? Because I, I, I think well, there's some told, pieces missing.
1: We're told about Don many times that Don was not your typical millionaire. He was a uh, blue jeans and t-shirt guy. The only, uh, the only specific reference that we get to like him flaunting his wealth is him just walking around with a five hundred dollar bill in his pocket, which I didn't know was a real thing. I didn't know they had
2: $500 bills. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. (laughs) This is my $500 bill. Are you going to spend that? Nope. This is just the (laughs) one I walk around with.
0: Wow. So, just real quick to go back to the music that might be playing. So, this is—I've done some some loose math. This is about 1978, and there are not a lot of songs that I recognize on here. Uh, "Beast of Burden" by Rolling Stones is like the only one, one that I yeah. see. Yeah. Hold. Oh, hold the line
1: by Toto. So he might have been blasting oh, some great. Toto.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But no, you're 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 looking up like teenager hip music, and he was a 42 year old man.
0: Well, yeah, I just did top 100
1: billboard, but he, but obviously he's into teenagers. Be, uh, what was well, de- no, she <laughs> was 20. <laughs> he was he was trying to get into one, that's for sure.
0: Um, oh, so th- this this makes me think of something else for a second, though. It, what is it about fucking guys that collect big cats that also just want to bang all the women ever? Like there's, there's well, I guess maybe not. Not jump, all but Okay, the women, he wants to all
1: the young women. <laughs> yes, that's that's true too. They want to they want to they- feed their own cat is what you're saying as frequently as possible. What?
0: <laughs> it seems like they just keep wanting more and more and more. Yes.
2: Don called it's Carol just... his angel. Well, yeah, an <laughs> angel a, from hell. That was a nice thing we got to hear about this. Man, that
0: that gal is pissed. <laughs> Gail, <laughs> yeah, for real. Oh, Gladys, Gladys. <laughs> Unhappy. I did hey, the uh, you-
1: I did the math too. If they got ten percent of the estate, they got anywhere between five hundred k and two million
2: um, to Oof. split among the three of them. Hmm. So million dollar, two million dollar question.
0: Maybe they Would can you afford. Would oh,
2: stop pursuing the potential murder of your father for two million dollars? Yes or no? Dan, we'll start with you. Oh, I'd say no. I'd say no.
0: <laughs> Sorry to be taking only two million dollars. <laughs> No, it's just an extra two million. An extra two? Oh, so yeah, no, it's, that's
1: not. Above <laughs> my current checking account? <laughs> yes, that's right. I, I, two I million love you, gets dad, deposited. Justice is fleeting. Justice is <laughs> <Yeah>. fleeting. <laughs>
2: What's justice going to do for him? He's dead, right? Yeah I, mean, yeah, I guess if you're dead, what's the point? Yeah, yeah exactly. Well. Just the same paying the water bill,
1: Pops. Sorry, I love you. <laughs> I'll buy you a real nice tombstone. I
2: just thought it was interesting that they said, well,
1: we were going to go on hard copy, but then they said they would take our... Carol said what? she'd take
0: our money. What does so, that even mean? Well, like, I like And then well, the quote... So I wrote this down. He says, uh, and then Carol... Oh, we got the thing from Carol. Uh, Cease and and desist desist desist. is what I took
1: that as. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, so sure, but cease and desist order of what? Talking to the news about their side of the story? That
1: doesn't seem like that's legal. Well, she still controls all of the financials and she
2: used that power, right? Oh, I think I see. Threw it in their face. I guess
0: I, for some reason, I thought like they would have had it. You
2: think that they were potentially getting in trouble with? I don't know, maybe.
0: Yeah be like Messed that. Messed up, man. Messed up. Hey, we got a real weird cast of characters in this. You guys already mentioned that we had, like, Kenny
1: Farr, Don's Handyman, Don's Mechanic. There's, like, what is going oh, on uh, here? Yeah, Don's Mechanic was a favorite of mine. Dale. Dale uh, Lively. Uh, I've yep. got... Uh, I'm going to save it to when we get in this point chronologically, but uh, I've got Uh-oh. some uh, some hot new evidence you uh, okay when we got there. wow breaking news um, i'm excited bre- about this breaking news for sure um so guys let's uh let, let's we're we're all over the map on this one which i think is going to be easy to do with this one because it's just one it's one big story uh it plays mm-hmm. out sure uh, they kind of present it in a certain way but it mm-hmm. is just kind of one big it could be summarized into one big paragraph um but after we when we learn about the relationship of carol and Don, uh, we find out that Don leaves his wife, or was it his wife leaving him? Was that was that what her quote was? I'll always love you, but it's over.
2: Yeah, no, I, I to me, him. it sounds like she. I think she. He just was happy to give her that as a consolation. Sure. You know, sure. I, I, it was. It sounded like you know he didn't care how it worked out as long as he was going in the direction he was going.
1: So they get together and they immediately start. Uh, collecting exotic cats. Um, they bought one in 1992 to save it from a taxidermist at an auction. The following year, they bought 56 from a fur farm, 28 mm-hmm. the next year, 22 the following. After they finished that little three-year, four-year streak, uh, there was no more fur farms in uh, in the U.S. after they had bought basically their entire inventory, which kind of plays <clears throat> into their... Um, conservationist type uh, thing that Carol tries to no. uh, present now, but we find out later in the episode through her, her video uh, offering that they were very much just home collectors who liked having pets, uh, everything that she is currently yeah, I rallying didn't,
2: against. I didn't like the wording of this, uh, what constitutes a rescue from the beginning. Like Joe had that pretty well nailed down because yeah. I agree with him. Like if I go and buy a dog from the pet store, that doesn't mean I rescued it from the person who was going to buy him. You know, it just means Mm -hmm. I bought a cat. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Perspective. Perspective. uh, Yeah, I guess. I mean, like if you can guarantee that the people buying the cat, if it wasn't her, was going to be somebody else. I don't know that that was the case for all 20 cats every year that there were 20 cats purchased. It seems (laughs) I agree that that's that's just you buying cats. Uh, and, And... all uh, oh, the cats have to live at my house, or else they'll have to live at someone else's house. This sounds <laughs> like well, a that's kind of been set. her MO, yeah. The whole yeah. time is mm-hmm, I'm the only mm-hmm. one who can do this right, yeah, exactly.
1: We're, we get a brief introduction to a gentleman named uh, Dennis Hill, who is so far the only person um, who is presented as a former exotic animal owner, uh, which gives Thank hope you. to all of these people. Uh, you can recover. Uh, and mm-hmm. he seemingly has all of his limbs, as well as just a majestic silver mane and uh, beard combo. Uh, he sold Don and Carol the first tiger uh, named Scrapy. He believes he wondering. sold he believes, them. He, he believes. The Sorry, it, it was a strange way to phrase it, though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, he doesn't I don't know. know, but uh, if it, his timeline lines up, he says it was '95. And Carol's. Well, hold on. Carol said. Oh, first Tigers, specifically. Uh, they were yeah, buying first cats tiger. before that. Smaller cats, Lynx, I think they name as well as something else. Lynx uh, and Bobcats, that's what they're yeah, getting Yeah, and doing. then they start to move into the big cats. Tigers in 1995, and uh, he shows off the video he had uh, by Carol, Exotic Cats as House Pets, uh, which apparently happened in 1996. I did try to zoom in on this uh, this video title. It had a phone number on it. I was going to give it a ring. I'm not going to lie to you, but I couldn't make it out. <laughs>
2: the most damning piece of evidence against Carol I have seen yes. is this tape. Because she tries to sell this later as this is all Dawn's idea. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But she's the voice on the tape. And uh, I have noted a few of her quotes from this, if, uh, if, and if you don't have them and you'd like to indulge. Man. Indulge us. If they're do particularly it. gross. Um, I'll try to do my best carol voice here. Oh,
1: yes. We,
0: we have really enjoyed our exotics. We take them from the mother
2: early to acclimate them for social life with people. We have to take them from mother to make quality pets. They're very happy, so much fun. And She, and she dresses them up. <laughs> Sounds like some anime, damning uh, evidence. Voice. Yeah. Damning yeah. evidence.
1: We do find out immediately, immediately after that video. We say that we hear that Carol starts to feel bad about selling, breeding, and crossbreeding. Uh, but Dawn had more of the. Uh, kind of the the doc Antle thoughts of it as a as a business a way to continue to build wealth um and this is when we're and, first introduced go ahead sorry. and bang women
0: <laughs> just that, I, bang that, that seems like a thing that these guys just do
1: they're like collecting cats
2: banging women we're getting That's there like... we're getting there so don <laughs> okay yeah uh... it's the
1: first time we hear of uh don going to costa rica uh, which Costa Rica obviously plays uh, very hot, uh, big as a uh, destination mm-hmm. in this episode. Uh, uh, Carol mentions that when he was gone, she would have the vet over and neuter and spay as many of these things as fast as she can, um, which is uh, weird, but I get it. I assume she did that while watching the prices, right? It's the only thing that makes sense. <laughs> um, we hear from Deborah Snadlin, former volunteer, uh, that Don had a side piece in Costa Rica, obviously, because Don is just banging bitches with no rubbers everywhere he goes. We're going to call her Consuela until we hear another name. I did write down <laughs> Consuela specifically. Uh, I think that's a Costa Rican name, but we will f- hopefully find out later. Well, through, um, through
0: listener feedback, yeah.
1: yeah. If you know the name of Don's side piece, Please email us at uh, thecorntigers@gmail.com, at gmail.com. Or if you have any, uh, uh, as mine was, semi-racist guesses, uh, I'd really love to hear them. So please uh, <laughs> pass along all of your name suggestions for Don's Costa Rican side piece. Um, Don, yeah, so Don was a floozy. Uh, Don was a philanderer. Don had a roaming eye, was a sexaholic. Uh, he got married mm. when he was 17 to a 14-year-old. Uh, That's bananas. Uh, what did you guys think about that? <laughs> Uh, it's just like, how do you even approach that? Like, both of them
0: had to get approval from the parents. Like, how mature. And both of them are... did. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. Monkey business.
0: It's just so crazy. Like, they're so young. And I know that people, you know, it seemed like people back then had to mature quicker because things, <laughs> you know, we all weren't as coddled and all that stuff. But it's like, holy shit, 14 and 17? What do you even What do you, maybe he had, I suppose he was working at a factory or something. I don't know, but... Man, that's wild. And that's, uh, he should have had the foresight to to, kind of like pump the brakes a little bit on that, you know? Mm hmm. I just has like like a, a guy that's like, ooh, you know, I, I feel as though deep down I'm a philanderer, but I'm going to go ahead and lock this down right away just well, to cause me a lawsuit <laughs> and divorce later. He was like, just,
2: <laughs> <laughs> listen, man, he was just riding the hormonal roller coaster at that age. He sure
1: was. He was, he was the only <laughs> way I could secure this. <laughs> he is a man who grew, up, who grew up in a generation where you could have another life uh, four blocks away. As long as you didn't yeah. shop at the same supermarket. Yeah, well, when it no, nothing bad so.
2: would ever happen. That's a good point. Well, I forgot they didn't have Facebook back then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah really. He didn't have
1: to have a, a burner account or anything like that. He just He didn't need four cell phones. <laughs> yeah, he just had to shop at a different supermarket. That's literally the only requirement. Mm-hmm. He could have That's picked a central bar between me. his two homes. Yeah. When 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 your daughter's the one that's
0: got to call your missing ex husband a sexaholic, and and she's mm-hmm. also sitting in just a big chair with you,
2: that's got to be an uncomfortable I do moment. Love, right? Like that that was his only vice, though. They made that absolutely clear. Look, yeah. if he had a problem. <laughs> <laughs> he was, a fan of he was a addicted tang. to women yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god Six, a hold, whatever they call it now if that was his problem I guess that was it but otherwise he was a perfect man to
1: me the most upsetting thing about Don is it's like especially for Carol like if you can't trust a guy who picks you up crying on the street and makes you point a gun at him while they talk to you and then they sleep with you like who can you who can you trust in this world if not that guy
2: yeah. Well, Do you think we in. ever
0: hear from uh, from Michael, um, Carol's first husband, that she married while she was 17, and he was uh, conservatively so. 67 years old?
2: Well, <laughs> he he kind of looked like uh, Pablo Escobar's photo to me. It looked like a sort of <laughs> oh. slightly Americanized version of him. Didn't he have that look? Yeah. I think he worked directly no, was with the...
1: Mario Chirpah from episode two, yeah. <laughs>
0: it, it, I think it was kind of the... I don't know. The could try harder
2: mustache that just like. Chubby face. uh, Same haircut. Yeah. Must have been a popular uh, look.
0: Because I feel as though maybe if he was just an abusive jerk, maybe that was the case. Um, And so, you know, it's it's better not to have him in the story because he doesn't add anything to it. But I feel as though he's had more than one potato thrown
1: at him, you know? (laughs) Nice. (laughs) I'd agree with that. Yeah. This man's seen a potato or two. Um, So we, obviously we start to hear about the, uh, the, the marriage falling apart, uh, because of Dawn's, uh, roaming eye. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. then we start to hear, we start to get references to Carol's diary. Uh, we hear people saying there's talk of divorce. Um, Dawn is telling people, uh, that he's basically trying to prepare his estate to survive, uh, Kenny says that Don would have left Carol with nothing and she knew it, no cats, no house, no car, nothing. He would have left her destitute on the street. and we know that Carol came from nothing because she told us that. So we know that mm-hmm. she's got nothing to fall back on here. So that's uh, you know it's obviously presented to to give you a strong motive as to why she wouldn't let this man
2: walk away. But you can easily see, like, it might it might have been Don's undoing that he was such a talker. Everyone in the frickin' town knew that he was about to leave his wife. It, odds are it got back to her, and it, odds are it got back to her early. I mean, these people talk. You know what I mean? I'm not certain- 40 people in town that you're going to divorce your wife yeah. without somebody uh, leaking it back to her. I'm starting
0: yeah. to think that he, he is... Uh, Don was the kind of guy, you know, RIP, but Don was the kind of guy that... <laughs> it's my job. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, (laughs) that he was very smart and he liked not not like in a maybe even a show offy way, but like a braggy way, like, dude, I'm so fucking smart. Get this. You know what I mean? Like, I I feel as though he was proud of his 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 power and was more than happy to share all his clever plans. Like, he's basically a villain that just monologues at
1: two thirds of the way through the through the movie. You know, he's just giving it all away it's great that we only hear his voice through other people i'd love to to do a you know don character study uh with just mm-hmm. what we know about him from this one and see what we can put together
2: um, so oh did you guys hear that what was that sound that means it's time to thank our Big Cat series sponsor, J.B.'s Personal Massagers Warehouse. Visit both of our successful locations on Ouellette Avenue and here on Church Road in Windsor, Ontario. Exciting news. You asked for it and we got it. We at J.B.'s Personal Massagers Warehouse are proud to feature the Ripley's Believe It or Not Thingamabob Personal Massager for the incredibly low warehouse price of 19 dollars And even more exciting news, the new Thingamabob is in stock and available at our new and incredibly convenient kiosk location at Devonshire Mall right across from Villa Medina at the Food Court. (laughs) Food Court shawarma is great, that's for certain, but nothing beats a Food Court thing of a bob for your beef curtain from JB's Personal Massagers Warehouse in Kiosk. And while you're there, don't forget to get your JB's Penny Hamster Punch Card stamped for a free personal massager on your 10th purchase of any quality fine personal massager. JB's Personal Massagers Warehouse. And if you want to be a sponsor of the Corn Tigers broadcast, fire us an email at thecorntigers at gmail.com to start the arbitration. Back to you, Craig. (laughs)
1: Did they buy, do, buy a double ad this week? That was uh <laughs> was longer than the last one.
2: Uh, listen, I am rolling in sponsorship cash right now. Wow.
1: <laughs> I did do uh <laughs> I did some background on this and the thingamabobber. Uh like you said, the low warehouse price is phenomenal, nineteen ninety nine. Uh, you can actually resell those for twenty nine ninety nine. That's ten dollars profit right now on Amazon.ca. So uh it's an investment. I don't think a,
2: Do you think they get think them from sponsor... Alibaba? Is that well is whoa, that how whoa. they do guys, it? Guys, guys, guys. Well, well, I'm just sorry. What are you trying to this is our sponsor. Yeah, I'm sorry, no, it's sorry. A poor business decision.
1: That's we a might get a note on that. But, talking uh, about
2: black market personal massagers after they get paid us money to find folks I didn't to say hide. they were Probably. black.
1: I didn't say they were... You said they were black. Um, nope. Back to you, Craig. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Just noping out on that one. Oh boy. It's a hard note. So, Don, uh, one of the... Uh, <laughs> We hear from Anne. Anne, I think, was one of the most—it's one of the most normal, uh, interesting characters in this thing. She was Don's mm-hmm. uh, personal assistant. Uh, she might own a personal massager. I don't know. Um, I assume she does. Uh, Don's personal assistant uh, mentions that Don had brought her an envelope and said, "Here, you need to take this home, and you need to keep it. And if anything happens to me, give it to the police." Now, who of us uh, have you ever had to do this before, Dan? I have not, no. Nope.
2: <laughs> not yet. Ty, any
1: experience with this?
2: Well, if I do die unexpectedly, there's going to be a lot of time bombs going off. People are going to get emails.
1: <laughs> you got several dead man switches uh, set up around your place?
2: That's, yeah, a ton. I've forgotten about several of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be a problem. <laughs> Yeah, If you get an email, I'm dead. Just check first.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I think that they imply that what he's he's given her is uh, copies of the restraining order uh, as well as some other documents. But we never hear for sure. She never flat out just lists out this is what was in there. Because here's the thing. Uh, Something did happen to her, happened to him. And I don't think those notes ever made it to the police. Now, my question is, did you guys, were you under the impression that those were the things that – carol and her brother went and took from the uh facility when they went and broke the lock no it wasn't carol and her brother it was carol and
0: kenny the mechanic oh yes or hang on it was either the mechanic no it was was the handyman it was the handyman
1: kenny is not the mechanic kenny is (laughs) starting to sound
2: like a game of clue (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, but it was so he was the one that broke the they cut through the lock and then they you know did all those things, um, uh, but yeah we do have to talk about Carol's brother, but um, I think that those envelopes were in the mobile office like one of those RV office sort of setups that they basically right. rolled away i think um and i thought you know i mean this this woman she should don trusted her with every penny he had she was employee of the year you know for at least six years running no doubt and the one time he fucking needs her to do the one thing to give the yeah. envelope to cops mm, ain't got mm-hmm. it why would you leave it at the office
1: why would you leave it, next it at the annual office review her next annual review would have been poor for sure wasn't going to go good.
0: Maybe she, you know, and that's interesting because it comes, uh, it, there's a, a quote that comes up later uh, where the director asks her, who were the other suspects? And she says, I
1: think it was me and Carol. Yes. Just me and Carol. Implying that she was a suspect. Yes. Which is, seems an odd thing because she seems like she does not have anything to gain uh, that we were ever shown uh, by him Wouldn't going missing. Like, In fact, yeah. she loses her job.
2: Yeah, she botched it if she didn't, let's face it. Yeah, <laughs> Carol did not botch it if she didn't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so we're up to the day that Dawn goes missing. Dawn has told uh, Carol that he uh, has to get up early, early, early. Early, and, early. Uh, he, he's shipping some cars to Costa Rica. He wanted her to get uh, a truck ready. He was supposed to get uh, some paperwork over to Anne. And uh, almost none of those things uh, seemed to happen. Uh, the super suspicious thing that did happen was at uh, three a.m. in the morning. Uh, three a.m. in the morning. It's always in the morning, as far as I know. Um, yeah. Went to get uh, milk byproducts for her cats. Uh, what does I'm, that even mean? I'm rarely in the milk byproduct uh, market, uh, so I don't know Is when the cheese? hot buy times are. I don't know. They just said milk byproducts. The like craft singles. Uh, yeah, I only. Know I don't what know, I know what
2: they sell at seven. The stuff that uh, is at 7-Up uh, that they call cheese is not a milk byproduct. I had that looked into. Uh, it's, it's not made milk yeah. at all. In fact, it's not even cheese. So I'm not sure what she was getting at 3 a.m.
1: It is actually my favorite kind of cheese, though. craft uh, singles, easily. It says there's a whole glass in every one. It's on the commercial. <laughs> a whole glass of milk? <laughs> a whole glass of milk. Yeah, yeah obviously. Yeah, I don't think that's what they say. Well, they pour a glass of milk into the cheese, uh, and when I was eight, uh, that only meant one thing: there's a whole glass of milk in every slice. Yeah,
2: that's why that's why the cheese works was so tight. Yeah, I used to put Kraft singles on my cereal every morning. <laughs> <laughs>
1: too, too far, Ty. Too far. That's gross. I had a butthole joke written down that I skipped right over, but that was too far. <laughs> <laughs> a
2: butthole joke.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, I was going to joke the that there was an early uh, – no, I'm going to do it now anyway. There was an early reference in the episode to – I didn't understand the context of it to uh, to Don's butthole. Um, the specific quote is, there's a lot of stories about Carol having some finger in it, but nobody can prove it. <laughs> oh. <Something>. nobody, <laughs> nobody can prove it. um anyway so uh at 2 a.m she meets up with her brother and another deputy and they they split off because her car broke down getting milk byproducts at two in the morning and nobody ever hears from her husband again after that um the early 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 thing didn't catch with me when she had said it the first time i'm like oh whatever Uh, he's getting up early he just said he's getting up early um but was she murdering him at 2 a.m or 3 a.m is that what we're going with here well, right? probably, yeah, I'm. I'm assuming. I'm assuming that's
0: you know sorting out the body because the the part that seemed weird to me was that her brother, whom she, it doesn't seem like she was overly close with, and he was part of a fundamentalist Christmas family, so um, probably you know hated her for some reason uh, from her perspective. But so he's a deputy. He's got a deputy with him, and then he makes the other deputy take her home and so that's because so he now he destroys the the evidence like
1: what what happens is it's weird or is that just a cover for her brother or i don't know
2: yeah he's intimately involved and because i know this because carol has a tell whenever carol uh likes Mm. whenever carol talks about how she doesn't know anything or isn't associated with anybody um and this line about her not i barely know my brother uh there's like six pictures of her with him um I
1: barely know that, him because by the time I was 15 he was what and I'm like oh she's going to say 2 or 35 he was 9 like come on nine. yeah
2: yeah <laughs> like she's
1: a terrible she's either a horrible sing, uh, sibling and or a uh, vicious murderer
2: yeah no he was uh, involved and that's her distancing herself from whatever he did in her head it's a reflex for her. if she can pick if, if some if she thinks of somebody and in her head she's playing a clip of uh the brother uh, burying the body her, her the next thing that comes out of her mouth is a way to separate herself from whatever that is that she's seeing in her head she does it all the time in this show mm. but that's another example uh i barely know my brother <laughs> we've <laughs> just done just a, a bunch weird of our- goofy thing to say
1: yeah, we've done a bunch of uh, Hillary Clinton uh, knocks on this one. We could we could possibly tie in one with her 2016 competitor here. That everybody who's ever been fired was uh, for doing something illegal was always just a coffee boy. I've heard <laughs> that come up a lot. But I don't I, I even know this guy. Here's the 14 pictures of me with this person. It happens all the time. Yeah,
2: <laughs> weird, Craig. I don't see the uh, parallel, but uh, anyway. <laughs> um, yeah. Are you talking about Harvey Weinstein? The <laughs> Jesus. So the detectives
1: walked the property, uh, all 40 acres. They said they found nothing that gave them cause for further search. Now, three to four days later, they find the van with the keys still in it and his briefcase. To me, maybe you guys can explain why Uh, you both mentioned the keys still being in it as a thing, as obviously they presented here. I don't see why that's a big deal. If you're just, if you're abandoning your life, uh, who cares if you leave the keys there? No,
0: I'm, I'm with you on that, Craig. The, the, it's okay. a thing. I think the van highlights some really sloppy police work. Um, sure. I, so I've, I've been on a property that's about 25 acres. And if I were to double it, I mean, that's, that's pretty good. Um, and it would take a lot for me as a police officer to be confident that there's nowhere a body is hidden. Like mm-hmm. that that seems like the dumbest thing in the world to say, well, we didn't see anything. It's cuz you didn't look at everything, dummy. Um <laughs> and and just the fact that the van is missing, like, oh, no big deal, van's missing. Oh, well, okay. So that's there's some that's strange, right? Well, maybe there's something strange about this whole situation. I don't know. It just it I like seems how like that, it's Like like
2: these geniuses, they let them take their own van back to the property. Oh they god. They wait days. It's... 2 days, And yeah. then they uh and then they, oh, the next investigative move is we're going to dust it for Prince. Oh, my God. We found the mechanics, Prince, in the van.
1: I am less. in This was the first time I heard Kenny talk. And I was like, Kenny has a lot of oddly detailed recall of police specific stuff. And it kind of leads me to believe he's probably full of shit. Because who the fuck is Kenny, right? Like, why does Kenny know what the cops are doing in this? Kenny's clearly not Carol's friend. Like, where does he have this inside info for what? How specifically the investigation was going? Because oh,
0: I see what you're saying. Detective
1: John, who I didn't write his last name down seven hundred times. I just wrote Detective John. uh, Specifically says that sure. Says, uh, you know, that they had had done their due diligence on that. And he's the lead detective, so he's not going to say, hey, guys, we fucked up. I get that. But uh, Kenny seems to me like he is obviously bought in on some conspiracy theory. And I'm sure I think this guy's story has probably developed over the years to get uh, more convincing for uh, his, you know, his outcome. Um, I don't know. I'm not buying in. This is the first time I'm like, wait a minute, Kenny. Like, this, this is a bit much.
2: Yeah, yeah. You guys,
1: you guys. I mean, you guys took him at his word. I think, uh, or it sounded like you did for a second, but I don't. Uh, I don't know. He. This was the first kind of time my my flag got uh, raised with him.
2: Well, you do have to look at this whole thing through that lens of this sort of almost small town gossipy nonsense filter that, and plus the amount of time that's gone by since this happened who the hell knows how much of this is any basis in reality you look at carol's face when uh, to me the only reason why i'm trying to i see it in through the lens of carol's done something wrong here is carol's behavior so that just kind of everything else just reinforces that she's laughing about the weirdest stuff she didn't give her <laughs> husband a memorial uh, you know <gasps> she stayed the out she, window she blacked out yeah, God, yeah. That, which is maybe that's her defense when they find out she murdered him too. I, yeah, I don't I know what that. happened. I closed my eyes.
1: <laughs> I wrote that
2: twelve hours the first later. Time I was she, covered in blood.
1: I wrote, <laughs> I wrote that. as the first time she had blacked out since she murdered her husband. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: you don't, well, don't want I'm to what? tell the cops that you lost four hours. <laughs> you're not sure what happened. Well, and oh, also, so the so cops she, just let. Let that slide, okay.
0: Yeah, the, the way that she approaches that is ridiculous because the guy says the the director is like, so there was no memorial service, no funeral done, which which is the obvious thing. You know, even if you don't like the guy, I mean, throw a bone, have him cre- like or like hold a ceremony Closure. so that the people that actually care can do something, right?
2: Uh, mm. Since you're or not at least spending if you're, his. If you're the murderer, do it for appearances' sake.
0: Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. There's a million yeah. reasons to do it, and then you know what she does? She thinks. How can I make this about me? You know what happened when I opened his death certificate? Well, wow, gosh, I just stared out a window. Isn't that the strangest thing that I just did that? It's like, what it's not about you, you fucking murderer. Yeah,
2: she does, she's telling you the story she does Allegedly, her best. Allegedly, I should say that for legal purposes. Right. Um, mm-hmm. She does her best staring out the window eyes that she does with this mm-hmm. big blue-eyed puppy face that she's got. It was, it makes me sick to my stomach whenever her she tries eyes to eyes are
0: crazy blue, aren't they? Yeah.
1: That's weird. Yeah,
2: it's, they are like suspiciously blue. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
1: Ty, you had mentioned, I think it was you, Ty, mentioned uh, the mechanic's prince turning up in the van.
2: Was that you? Yes, I was. Yes, I was trying to draw a um, I just the police work sounds hysterical. Like this sounds like Police Academy 6 or something like, <laughs> whoa, let's go talk to the mechanic. Sounds like he was inside this van. He might know Sounds something. Like guy's might like, yeah, I on it. I've been working on it every six months for the last
1: twenty five. <laughs> yeah, I do his oil changes, you meatheads.
2: <laughs> yeah, my prints are underneath the van too. If you look there. So
1: here's, t- here's two pieces of evidence that I've combined together, and I've actually uh, I referenced it earlier, guys. This is We're going to want to really key in on this. Uh, Ty, when you do the post here, we're going to want to make this as clean as possible. This is the part of our podcast that's going to be on uh, major news networks because I've got some new evidence here. Um, we do find out uh, the evidence found in the van was keys and his briefcase. Um, and Dale Lively uh, gives, uh, I'm going to call it testimony on this uh, uh Documentary that Don had work done at his shop and tried to convince him to come to Costa Rica with him. He said he really liked it down there. We hear that directly from Dale Lively. What I found out through my own personal investigation was that within that briefcase, uh, there was a letter that he had intended to send to Dale uh, before uh, he left. Uh, if, if you guys will uh, bear with me for a moment, uh, I'm going to read that letter to you right now. Wow. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow unbelievable
2: on the edge of my seat
1: so Don's letter to Dale found in the van uh, exhibit 1A is uh, what I've tagged it as dear Dale if you're reading this you've gotten out and if you've come this far maybe you're willing to come a little further you remembered the name of the town don't you I could use a good man to help me get my project on wheels I'll keep an eye out for you and the chessboard ready remember Dale hope is a good thing maybe the best of things No good thing ever dies. I will be hoping that this letter finds you, and finds you well. Your friend, Don.
2: Suspicious. (laughs) (laughs) Greg, do you trust your wife?
0: Let me ask you that question. (laughs)
1: I don't get the reference I don't get the reference no
0: well, it wasn't a reference anything I was just asking No, okay Um, okay. that's good wow that's that is that is uh, some damning possibly evidence for somebody I don't know Dale I guess I was thinking about that the other day Shawshank specifically what about then well it's it's just I don't know it's a great movie I'd like to watch it again it's one of those things that you know because we watched a movie last night um, unrelated to uh, Tiger King but we watched a movie and I think we're getting to the point where I don't really want to watch any kind of new movies because whatever. There's some, there's some good ones, but there's not as many good ones as the past can offer. And Shawshank's like one of those ones that you should be able to just go back and hit play
1: and just sit back for mm-hmm. two hours and have a great time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They call that I uh, TBS, I think. If you just turn on TBS at any point, TBS on a Is that an acronym yeah. for something? That, wow. No, that's a station. That's pretty sweet. Do they carry music yeah. videos like "Here Kitty Kitty"? <laughs> we're not there yet, but man, I can't wait for okay. We do we're find out uh, after uh, after that from Carol that Don. She says Don lost his pilot's license the day after he got it. How does that happen? That seems strange. That's suspect. yeah. She never explains that, and they never dig any farther on that but it's like oh yeah guys I got my I got my uh my license yesterday. Uh oh cool you driving tonight? No man I lost it already. <laughs> DUI. Or FUI? Yeah, cool. I don't know. What is it? <laughs> I don't know what it is. They never explained it but immediately I was like that's that's super suspect. Uh we did hear yeah. a lot through this from this section from lawyer Joe. Uh lawyer Joe, after hearing several of the conspiracy things, we kind of hear him throw some fire on some women just that he, yeah. he, I wrote the term because I really wanted to write it uh, he refuses to finger Carol which I'm oh, sure he's one of uh, <laughs> one of many men who has that on his LinkedIn pretty weighty um, list yeah it's, a, it's, it's like the white pages at this point it's not really exclusive um but she tells a lot of stories about him getting in multiple plane crashes and that he had given himself alzheimer's and just all signs all kinds of craziness um and then i mean immediately after that let's just dive in we get to hear kitty kitty uh ty i know you have done extensive uh research on uh, on here kitty kitty
2: yes Yeah, no, I watched it. Um, I I, the only uh, the only I'm interested in the marketing here. I noticed that the Seth Wadley Auto Group, which is uh, located uh, 100 North Carter Street, Pauls Valley, Oklahoma, they provided the luxurious uh, 2008 Mustang convertible V6 with the fingerprints and dust all over it that was supposed to represent Carol's lavish tastes. Sure. Yeah, I just looked into them because they're getting their money's worth out of that sponsorship deal because <laughs> <laughs> their well, little logo shows up Well, they also just got, the got a free advertisement
1: on uh, the biggest up-and-coming uh, Canadian uh, Quarant- uh, Tiger King podcast. So there's another free ad that you pretty much just gave.
2: What was yeah, the, what, the hits just keep coming for them. Um, what was the
1: name of the dealership? The I...
2: Seth Wadley Group? Yeah, oh, okay. okay. That's the hat in he's in wearing like
0: for half the episode. Oh,
2: huh. I guess Yeah, and I, so
0: I went to their website the other day. Um after my first viewing the Seth Wadley merch website and you can get the hat that Joe Exotic wears with a notable ex- exception that the SW logo does not appear on the brim on any of the new ones that get purchased. So that's uh it's almost like a limited edition situation. Yeah, it's a
2: friends and family. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I just think that it's funny that this car dealership, Joe Exotic, rolled up and said, Hey, can you give me the, uh, what's your what's your most luxurious automobile uh, hmm. on the lot that I can use for my music video? And they uh, appeased him by giving him a 10-year-old Mustang. <laughs> I would have figured a Jaguar yeah. would be the appropriate car of choice. No? Yeah. And they, these, the Seth Wadley group is huge. They've got all kinds of, I mean, there's like 14 different brands of vehicle there. They could have gone with a, a much higher end than that.
1: Joe Exotic yeah. is not being filmed in a foreign vehicle, foreign made vehicle. Come on. No. This man no. ran I mean, for president.
2: He could have had a Cadillac, <laughs> a Lincoln. Uh, you know, he just gets a, a used. <laughs> badly uh, maintained mustang i love when she closed the door there's like 48 fingerprints on the door and under <laughs> just a layer of dust really professionally shot
1: uh listen i'm gonna put you on the spot here um can we get a few lines that really spoke to you from here kitty kitty
2: okay okay uh let's see i did open this yeah um she was a rich woman she had rich taste she felt the blood running through her veins she liked the life she had she 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 liked the life she had she loved her big cats and the beauty of being untamed so that indicates that she's a um feral Feral. you know hot to handle Feral,
0: feral baskins Everything was fine,
2: just as sweet as wine, but her husband went and disappeared. But then it got a little crazy, got a little hazy, and the cops said, "There's something wrong here."
1: And that is the the part that we saw in the in the episode, yeah. and it upsets me more than I could ever admit. How long he wags his finger back and forth during that line? <laughs> like it,
2: there you should know, be I, a, a clear start and my finish. My favorite part but he of the video when, uh, is when Joe. Has a glove on, holding a piece of cat shit in his
1: hand. (laughs) (laughs) I missed that. I totally missed that. It is strange that he would do that.
2: But you can't prosecute. There's just no use. There's nothing left but tiger tracks. And then he's got the crap in his hand. He then he and he kind of fingers it through, like he lets someone fall out of through his fingers, and it's tiger shit. Um, (laughs) What that means is, if you're ever there,
1: and they're selling ice cream, don't buy moose tracks. Yeah, Yeah, it's actually moose shit but I
2: just want you guys to be aware that uh, if you're not artistically inclined what he was doing there was simulating uh, the remains of Don Lewis (laughs) sifted through his fingers Oh, that's intense I don't know why he didn't go with the lyric scat instead of tracks hmm
1: Uh, maybe you you could call him up for a remix or something I don't know he's
2: got a good (laughs) voice
0: I think it's like one phone call a week. I think, yeah, you could you could work it in yeah, there. That's true. That's true. No <clears throat> bones,
2: no remains, but that won't change the fact that dawn sure ain't coming. I like at the beginning of this uh, thing, he kind of, sort of, just goes through and doesn't mention any names. He's like trying to maintain this sort of uh, ambiguous what he's talking about. Er- yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, at the beginning but he just shits on that halfway through and just starts naming everybody <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah he just gives up All on it it's like carol baskin social insurance four one three.
2: he says later so if you ever if you're ever down in tampa on a big cat refuge don't pick a fight with your wife because it's a big 40 acres and if you're not careful you'll be gone within a blink of an eye
0: and he snaps his fingers and he disappears from the music yeah. video. Yes. That's, that's like Amazing. George Lucas level stuff. Yeah. You know, it, it just like kind of like last week with uh, Therese, the singer that did the beautiful, wild and free. I have to, I mean, Joe doesn't sound terrible,
2: right? Like uh, it, I got to say in a production, just speaking production, obviously he's got better chops than Therese.
0: And it doesn't like, like you hear him talk and you're like, w- this guy's voice is banana. Cause it's kind of like greedy and kind of high. But then it, it's, he sings, and it's like, oh, well, that's not bad.
2: And the actress they found to play Carol? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's Pretty some good. excellent casting. I mean, you yeah, have to, somebody did their job really. there. <laughs> so,
0: uh,
2: <laughs>
0: she was too busy writing in a diary of her own establishing alibis for yeah, years yeah. to come
1: so right after we wrap this up there was there was one more little rhyming couplet from the uh from the Here Kitty Kitty, the, the chorus of the song that I love that, you Ty, you sang to me, uh, and I hope it's recorded from before we started at, uh, the episode officially. Um, it's, Oh, here, kitty, kitty, mama's got some treats for you. Oh, here, mm. kitty, kitty, you can't find this taste in the zoo. As she's feeding <laughs> her hu- human remains of her husband to a bunch of tigers.
2: Yeah, just, I don't think this is shown in the in the documentary, but in the music video, they pull back on Carol a little, and you can see the, the whole platter that is being used as a prop, and they put a mannequin hand and a mannequin head in the middle of the platter. You can imagine like a shrimp ring style meat where the, the head is the sauce in the center. <laughs> yeah. They blood-smeared the mannequin head, and she's got a pair of barbecue tongs feeding this tiger through the fence.
0: There is, in that song here, Kitty Kitty, there is a 50-second guitar solo, which I think is only there so that we can have 50 seconds of uninterrupted imitation carol feeding imitation Don to a real tiger. <laughs> 100%.
2: <Yeah. laughs> this, I feel like that's the you, only thing for this, almost a minute. This song was written... At the same time the video was being planned. You, you got that right <laughs> on the nose. <laughs>
1: yep. We got to get oh, some more man. of that guitar on there. Yeah. Listening to him sing One to minute Dan guitar like solo.
2: Listening,
1: <laughs> listening to him sing is like listen to uh, a British guy sing with no accent. Like it's so jarring. Yeah. That when yeah. you hear the voice, uh, the spoken voice versus the singing, you're just like, this isn't the same person. There's no way. I didn't think it was for like the first two episodes. And then we, well, actually, uh, even
0: in here, Kitty Kitty, you don't see him singing, but I did click on a different Joe exotic uh, music video um, <laughs> and it's, it's him singing. So I was like, I guess it's him. But I, I didn't think it was honestly.
2: There is a nine and a half minute. One of him in cloud singing about some girl that died. Um, That's a real trip. If anyone wants to go on that ride Do you remember for the nine time? minutes. It's. I think could, it's named after the girl the that notes. died. Yeah. Just, just did, Google it. Did she have a tiger name? It's. I, I think it's one of their daughters who worked from the park. I don't want to get too deep in the weeds there. No, I, no. The point is, the man We're is the floating in clouds world? in all white, all white cowboy outfit on, floating in clouds <laughs> like an angel, and it goes on for nine and a half minutes. <laughs>
1: So immediately after the music video wraps up, which is easily a highlight of the whole episode, uh, we get one of our, I think maybe our only quote from Rick Kirkham uh, for the whole episode. And he says something to me that's pretty telling, uh, at least as far as what his thoughts are on how this all played out. So Rick says, uh, Joe had everyone convinced she murdered her husband and we all went with it. The phrasing of that makes it sound like he now... Knows something that you know, has led him away from that pack. Like he's a he's a he's a recovering uh, cult member. Uh, just the way it was presented was kind of jarring to me. I was like, oh, like that that doesn't fit with the, the tone that absolutely everybody else has had on this episode. Did you guys pick up on that at all?
2: Yeah, I, I kind of took it as, I mean, we know Joe Exotic's been arrested. Um, we know it has. Something to do with um, murder for hire, mm-hmm. and when somebody's arrested, if 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 they're the perceived ringleader of some sort of theory or something, and then they 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 sort of fall from grace, everybody is quick to abandon that ship. Um, yeah, that's even fair. if they were a hundred percent on board with it before. So that's just kind of how I read it, but.
1: And then immediately after we kind of hear Joe pushing, uh, with, you know, the same level of certainty, two conflicting theories, like, uh, one we see in the song, we see, uh, you know, a fictitious Carol feeding her husband to tigers. Uh, and Joe specifically talks about, oh, if you, you know, feed a turkey to tigers, like their stomachs are so acidy, they'll dissolve bone. And he's like, uh... So they need to, you know, they're not going to find bones because she fed him to the tigers. And then he immediately, like in the next scene, says, I promise you, he's buried under one of those septic tanks.
0: Yeah, like, he does shift gears ca- pretty quick there. You got to
1: go hard on one of those. You can't go hard on both. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, these are theories. Are. <laughs> I mean, uh,
1: well, he, he you can he some
2: Yeah, yeah, that's true. You can't just take that <laughs> back. Yeah. Carol does also point out
1: that the the building and the tank that he he was under were also.
2: Maybe they just put the tiger shit in that septic tank. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man,
1: that's a a technicality I did not expect to address. Uh, Yeah. So Carol points out the tank goes. Yeah, the tank and the building were operational and built before her husband underwent missing. But, uh, you know, I think she also says that uh, jet fuel can't melt steel and 5G is causing the coronavirus. So I'm not really sure where she is (laughs) on conspiracy (laughs) theories.
2: It's hard to pin down. I mean, how much time was there between the last person that saw him that wasn't her and when they report him missing? Because I couldn't really get a clear description of that. I feel like that's
1: a Kenny answer. Anne talked to him. She says the day before because she had to get paperwork ready for the cars that he was shipping to Costa Rica. All right. And then okay. she gives a, another statement where she says, "I was, you know, frantically trying to get a hold of him, and yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't." And she makes it sounds like she was chasing after him for days and getting no answers, mm-hmm. right?
0: And then yeah. we find
1: out that he was reported missing the day after he left.
0: The next day, at yeah, one in the right.
1: afternoon so like he's been gone for 24 hours and she made it sound like when she was doing her part of the interview that she couldn't track him down for days and she calls Carol and Carol's like oh do you think I should call the police and she's like oh you think It's so like, listen, dude, I was really confused at that, that too
0: yeah no that that was confusing for me too because I thought that it was legit days and then I'm like well that doesn't make sense what Carol's saying because it was the next day or, or the, the yeah. police recap of it afterwards or something like that I was like what in the hell
2: Yeah, we don't, I mean, and this is the problem with this thing is we don't, we're just being shown what he wants us to think. And then two episodes later, this could all be total. You might as well throw this episode away based on what happens two episodes (laughs) from now. We don't know.
1: (laughs) Ty, you sound jaded a little bit about it.
2: Well, you know, I mean, it's fun. It's fun. But at the same time, I mean, if you, they want you to sort of go, oh, what's happening? But uh, you start thinking too deep on it. And all of a sudden we're... uh, in this weird space where we're convicting somebody of a murder (laughs) and because I mean, that's why I tried to just base it on her behavior um, because we know facts are getting left out of this thing all over the place, but it's her behavior that primarily makes me think she's guilty of something because, uh, uh, and I mean that the rest of the data, just whether it supports that theory or not, it's just all based on whether or not I like her at the end of the day. And I don't like her.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What I can tell, uh, from my various, uh, toe dips into social media over the last couple of weeks is that nobody likes her. Um, she's, I see Carol Baskin memes more often than I see Joe exotic memes. Um, by a hardy ratio Uh, this lady has absolutely hung herself on uh, I know it's not national TV but uh, the modern day equivalent and I think she was completely oblivious throughout this whole process that that's what she was doing I saw a headline the other day that I
0: really wanted to click on. That's it was it was about Carol's reaction to the documentary, and she was trying to like reestablish her innocence or some business. And yeah. I desperately wanted to click on it, but right, man, I, yeah. you know,
2: uh, I mean, there's so to- many things that contradict. We haven't even touched on the science of getting rich. It's, it was just a blur, very fast. But she's in a um, yes. she's in a hippie outfit, talking about how to make bank. It was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. The, uh, <laughs> like it's some spiritual state of mind.
1: Yeah. I made some yeah. detailed notes on that because that was, that was jarring too. And I was like, Oh, this is like a weird look into her psyche kind of outside of tigers, which we don't really get a lot of. Um, so she's shown narrating a video, the art of getting rich, uh, which was her just reading a book that someone else wrote. And mm-hmm. once I noticed that I was like, eh, this doesn't seem so crazy. And this, this uh, article or this thing that she's reading is related to uh, that, I, I mentioned it right at the open of the episode, uh, that self-help uh, movement around the secret. And this was part of that. Uh, and she, the, her big quote that she says on there is, uh, people who do things in a certain way, whether on purpose or accidentally, get rich. And I kind of had like a little shudder moment on that. I was like, oh, gross. You know, like accidentally do what? Mar- marry a rich man and then murder him. But I don't think that this, that particular clip, I think it's made to be uh, more inflammatory mm-hmm. than maybe it really is. Because that's not her material. That's her participating in uh, a no, self that 12
2: million people did. You know what I mean? Right. She's voluntarily reading it. She's not – and she's recording herself. She's distributing oh, sure. that. She's not absorbing the end. She's distributing it. So, you know, it just is another piece of this contradictory puzzle between her being some um, – this figure that's helping tigers and is a conservationist and a bit of a hippie mm-hmm. and um, totally innocent and abused and this person that is buying and selling tigers and uh, – into money and into the story about her meeting uh, Don is is gross on his end. It's gross on her end too. It's yeah. just uh, it's she's this contradictory person, and and the problem is, and this is one of the things that the document can be steering you one way or another on her. That's fine, but at the end of the day, when and and we might all be guilty of this if you film somebody this much and they keep talking.
1: To the level that she
2: is, you can put these things next to each other that just make her look totally unlikable. And then, when you say when you suggest something that uh, she could potentially be responsible for her husband's death, and I mean, it does say at the beginning of this that he was he was potentially finding a way to take the tigers away from her because Mm -hmm. those are assets of his. And and you think, whoa, that's all she's got. I mean, that's her life. Mm-hmm. It's pretty obvious. She, I mean, she dresses like one. She talks about them nonstop. <laughs> she dresses her husband like one. Right. I mean, she. Oh, you, you imagine what a woman like that could be capable of when you take that away, and um, and then you pair that up with all the contradictions she's making, and uh, and mm-hmm. I mean, those those are essentially lies at their core. She's the biggest uh,
1: one. The biggest one we haven't addressed yet is uh, the change of the will and power of attorney uh, to specifically include the term disappearance. Yeah. Unbelievable.
2: And this is is another one of those things where the documentary itself could easily be making that sound more rare than it is. I'm not a lawyer. I don't know. But those lawyers and the people they were interviewing certainly make it sound like that's... Not right, not normal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah.
0: The thirty-seven year career of Joseph Fritz. Yeah, had not seen that.
2: (laughs) Yeah, but uh, he doesn't look. uh, No offense to him, but that's not the kind of lawyer's office I can picture myself walking into if I had to.
1: (laughs) She also then, uh, after he went missing, immediately got rid of everyone who worked specifically for him, and everything that he owned was cleared from the site.
2: Yeah, and except for you know
1: everything that she liked.
2: Those are not, yeah, those are not the actions of somebody who didn't want to lose their husband suddenly. You know? Yeah, no,
0: she's not to be trusted. Uh, no. Not not
2: a chance. <laughs> I mean, how many times did somebody in the marriage go, oh, God, I wish my husband disappeared tomorrow, and then he did. That's like winning the lottery, isn't it? <laughs>
1: so there was one line in here where where carol tries to it's the only time i think she really tries to make herself look good and not just deflect where she mentions that uh don wanted her to nullify uh his kid's trust fund but she's like no i'm not gonna do that it's not the right thing to do and he might not really mean that you know long term Mm. so she kept giving them money um it's kind of right towards the end here, right around the part we're talking about. And that, I thought it was the only time that she she tried to make herself look good and with any type of result. Like, it wasn't a complete whiff. It's like, oh, if you did that, that actually is kind of a nice thing. But it also kind of opens your eyes to the rest of the whiffs that she's made along the way.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, but, so, I don't know who those
0: kids are, but the... Um the two daughters that we see talk with their mother, they didn't seem to have the same sort of idea that they were taken care of by the benevolent Carol.
2: Well, no, I mean, it does... They got their 10%. uh, Exactly. Isolated, her quote sounds... It's one of the things that she said that sounds okay. But then when you put it in the context of them saying that she was using the money to keep them shut up, and it was only 10% of everything that he had maybe she thought it was worth 10% to keep them from talking you know what I mean
1: well at this point in the episode they ask a uh, it's kind of the first time they just kind of phrase a general question um and then kind of give everyone's assessment uh, and there's one I thought we've all I think it's clear at this point where each of us stand on probability of what happened but it was uh what is the theory that makes the most sense is the question that is presented Mm. and i want to give you guys a crack at that one as far as where you sit right now well i
0: like like i say i think for me two things could be true at once he could have been preparing for an escape to costa rica and (coughs) excuse me uh i think and uh, carol i think somehow killed him uh it just it it seems it seems like it's too easy you know
2: yeah i i i I completely agree i think that. I think that his pre- preparations, not just to go to Costa Rica, but I think those preparations also likely included him shutting her out from everything else. Yeah. Just because he was going to Costa Rica didn't mean he was come, not coming back. I, I don't think, I don't really buy the disappearance. I think he was just going on another uh, fun vacay with whoever he's got over there. Um, Consuelo. Yeah, I don't think he's the type of guy that just abandons. Uh, uh, if he's burying money, why leave money behind? You know yeah, what i mean that's so true yeah just, they would have
0: found holes all over the yard
2: right yeah exactly i think that he is the kind of guy that uh I, I agree both are true i think i think he was maybe preparing to leave for an extended amount of time and have his lawyers handle a bunch of stuff remotely yeah um uh, but i think she got wind of it and i think she uh i i just feel i feel that uh, she did him in somehow what about you craig
1: I think Don is uh, living a life of luxury in some South American company, uh, country. Sorry, uh, probably going by the name Richard Grieco or something like that. Really? And, uh, you do it? Eh? Yeah, I, th- I think he's alive and well uh, somewhere else and happy and probably uh, considering making another move now that his life is on Netflix and people know who he is. <laughs>
2: I think it's more likely the second scenario is he's dead in the ocean somewhere on his way to doing what he said. You,
1: you said so he had nothing another plane crash?
2: Yeah, another well, one. Well, so
0: what's strange is the lawyer says, I understand, or he explains something. Uh, Joseph Fritz says at one point he was told that Don was pushed out of the plane into the Gulf. Uh, yeah, what but was that? We don't know by who. We don't know who yeah. told him that. We don't know who pushed on. It's like, what we, do we? Well, so maybe that's going to come to light a little bit
1: more in the future, but I don't know. <laughs> that's a weird one. Yes, sir. My another uh, another uh, unpulled thread overall for this episode, and I brought it up every episode since the first one. Uh, hmm. Still no drugs, guys. I need I need drugs. I need drugs. In like there.
0: finding out what sort of drugs are are, are
1: running rampant. I need all of these people on drugs. Yeah. I assume that I, what we've seen so far, they're not. And I, I want it. I want it bad. Yeah. I want
2: it so bad. Yeah, the results of drug use are everywhere you look. <laughs> yeah. you know, it's, it's the true. evidence. They're is not going sh- to, sh- it's there. You're not going to show them uh, doing blow off of anyone's ass, but uh, uh, I you, want you to- can see the result of it.
1: I want it to be an episode of Train Spotting where, like, the camera's just panning over bodies soaked in their own urine inside of one of Joe Exotic's trailers.
2: This story like, doesn't exist in a world without drug use. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair.
0: You know, I have That's to say, fair. though, Doc seems to run a pretty tight ship over there. I don't, maybe, well, I, I don't I don't think meth is their <laughs> drug of choice over nah, there. They're
2: not doing know. meth, yeah. Everyone's yeah. doing drugs, though.
0: Well, hey, man, I mean, is is that- there more of a... Peyote
2: crowd or something. I don't know. Yeah, he's on we next.
1: haven't done this to this one, <laughs> but I, I think we should declare a winner of the episode. Um, I'll let you guys go first. I have I have my answer. I'm dropping this on you last second, obviously. I didn't give you a yeah, prep time. No, I uh, who's the winner though. of the episode?
2: Ty, do you want to go first? Uh, my uh, This episode's winner, uh, uh, my pick, is Don Lewis.
1: <laughs> uh, okay.
2: What? Is that weird?
0: Well, I mean, he, I don't know if he... Better to die
2: yeah, a I mystery guess. than than live as an unknown. <laughs> we learned mm-hmm.
1: enough about Carol, and we know that he's gone. That yeah, I totally understand what yeah. you're saying.
2: Yeah, he
1: didn't uh, sound I guess like a Anne, sweetheart Anne, either. But for for me, uh, aside from her
0: one major screw up, Ann McQueen, his uh, his reliable uh, girl Friday.
1: Oh, her, his her one executive work, uh, admin.
0: She,
1: her, her oh, she didn't
0: Carol. do the one thing. Yeah. You know.
1: The way it's, if I go missing, do this one thing. Ah, oh, shucks. That that <laughs> they went missing too. Can I pick uh, a second winner?
2: Sure. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Runner um, up. First winner. I would like to pick as winner number two uh, the fine folks at uh, Seth Wadley Auto Group. <laughs> <laughs> they got their money's
1: worth, right? Huh? I can agree with that. That's their second advertisement on this particular podcast too. So. <laughs> We might have to. GB's uh, call personal massage
0: emporium is going to if, be a little myth. See if we can start.
1: Uh, see if we can start arbitration on a deal. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I saw that kiosk uh, last time I was in Windsor, and there's actually a. It doesn't take ID, so uh, there's a group of seven year olds having a lightsaber fight about ten feet away, <laughs> which really threw me off. I thought the parents would know, but I guess they didn't. <laughs> The
2: parents are just Mine. busy eating their shawarma combo bowls.
1: It's a bunch of shawarma combos and cell phones being viewed. Uh, kids are just flogging away at each other with two-footers. It's ridiculous. <laughs> um,
2: the propeller the spinning around from a rope is a weird choice, though. The, kiosk. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the helicopter attachment I thought was strange. Um, the uh, my winner of the episode, and he is the winner by omission, uh, is Doc Antle. That's why I kind of raised this in the first mm. place. Once his name came up again uh, to me, yep. if you can go a whole episode with no screen time in this, you're you're going to be a winner. And all he does, he sets us up at the start right with that, like, hey, this is this is crazy. It's too crazy, right? It's not real. Mm-hmm. And I think he said he he had one more line at the end. That uh, he uh, he,
2: he had a good uh, intro to the music video as well.
1: Oh, yes.
2: And he got, he was like
1: getting up and walking away. Like, yeah, as he, he was, was doing like, that's the greatest thing he ever did. The greatest thing he ever did. Yeah, it was so good. So good. So, guys, I think that's, uh, I think that's about it. We can, we can call a wrap on episode three, The Secret. This one was, uh, it was dark. It was a little harder to get through. Um, a lot of details. This was the first time where uh, we talked in our, uh, pre-podcast meeting, uh, our initial one where we talked about this concept about a conspiracy board, and uh, I'm glad mm. we didn't do it because it would have been too much Oof. work. That's a part-time job, man. Yeah, way too
2: much. Yeah, yeah. We didn't know what we were getting uh, into.
1: My my grade, I'm going to give this episode. I'm going to give it a, a B plus. Uh, no context to that. Uh, you guys want to give some grades up? I feel like we do this on podcasts, right? People give up grades. Yeah,
0: I give it. I give it like a smiley face
1: for sure. Okay, for sure. Okay, blue ink. Yeah.
2: This blue podcast ink. gets any longer, it's going to get a D from me. Oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Ty, Ty, you've been you've been promising Dan a D for years, and he still hasn't got it. You don't know that.
2: <laughs> Thank God. I'm good defense. Though. Thank God I edit this.
1: well now that Ty has uh threatened to rape us i think we're gonna wrap this one up and uh thanks for listening everybody we'll see on episode four i don't know the title of that one yet or when we will be recording it uh all of us have been kind of busy and professional and home lives uh and hiding from the virus so we're not dead uh so it seems like our, our pace has kind of settled into one episode a week uh and if it's if that's the case uh Keep an on your feet. It will be about a week, hopefully, before you see episode four. Um, happy, uh, happy hiding. Uh, happy quarantine. Uh, gentlemen, want we'll to give a message to our listener? Uh, as, happy we Easter. We're recording happy this Easter. on Easter, so
0: when you, you hear this, it won't be Easter anymore. But, you know. It's true. Happy Easter,
1: people. Bye. So thanks again, everybody, for listening. Uh, quick uh, run over the credits, guys. Uh, it takes a pride to raise a podcast. I read somewhere. Uh my podcast was written and produced by myself, Ty, and Dan. Uh, Ty does all the audio editing on this. Thank you for Ty. These always sound great. We've got our sound effects from the good folks at Zap Splat, along with uh, several uh, songs from Kevin McLeod over at Film Music IO. Uh, big thanks to him. Music's always great. And again, you can always reach us at the. Or in tigers at gmail.com. Get those listener emails in, even if you want to tell us we're garbage. Thanks, guys.